there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! With us tonight, two special people who've won everything in the Scottish game. Both captain Scotland, both played at the very highest level. Barry Ferguson here, as always, on a Wednesday night. Good to see you, Barry. Nice to be here, Paul. And just a, a yard away from you, the current Scotland captain, 130 caps for her country, Aston Villa. So she's got that in common as well, the city of Birmingham. She played there. And uh, you won the title so many times with Glasgow City. Rachel Corsi, great to welcome you to Go Radio. Thanks very much, Paul. Glad to be here. Great to hear that Aberdeen twang as well. We'll talk about the Dons, no doubt, during the next couple of hours. And yourself, it's been a crazy couple of years, really. Um, you were in Kansas during lockdown. You're now Aston Villa. How have you enjoyed life back in Birmingham? Yeah, covered a lot of miles, um, <laughs> which I don't think you can gloat about these days with the environment. But um, yeah, it's nice to be back home, back Back nearer, I think, family and friends as well. I know that my dad's appreciated that he can now probably come and watch a few more games. So. Barry, it passes so quickly, doesn't it? Playing football. I wonder if she's going to be a future manager. We're going to come to that as well. And you've enjoyed management. You're taking a break from it at the moment. But do you not think the international career uh, and life in general, it flies in, doesn't it, playing? Yeah, listen, it's the best days of your life, your playing days. And I, I always say to people, play as long as you can. I was lucky enough I got to 37 and then unfortunately I had to stop through a, through an injury um, but they're the best days of your life then management it's a crazy it's a crazy crazy world listen I, I enjoyed most of it the last job didn't go as, as well as I, I would have wanted but listen it's it's not everybody's cup of tea management Paul it's um, sometimes it's a, a it's a tough gig um, but all in all I did enjoy it Rachel, great to see you here on the programme. We're going to take calls 0808 17 17 700. There's still a lot in the game to come, isn't there? We've got internationals coming. You've got internationals as well in June and you will be playing the Ukraine. Yeah, I think obviously a huge game for the, for the men and, and it's nice obviously know that our game can go ahead too. Obviously mm. circumstances have been difficult but um, there's a lot at stake for, for everybody and for Scotland as a whole. So, you know, I think... First and foremost, just really excited for next week. I think the, the boys have a huge opportunity. We have indeed. The manager was saying, but don't believe those who say we're guaranteed to go through. Ukraine will be tough. They're a top team. We know they're living in the most difficult circumstances, mm -hmm. Barry, but uh, we shouldn't dismiss them and we won't. No, you, I don't think Steve Clark will. They're, as you said, they've got players playing at the highest level in the, in the game. Um, Listen, Paul, I'll be honest with you, this Scotland squad that Steve Clark's assembled over the last, certainly, 12 to 18 months, I've really enjoyed watching them. Um, I think we've got a lot of top players and we're similar to Ukraine. We've got players that are playing at the highest level. Um, Champions League winners, guys that are playing in the, the Premier League. So I'm quietly confident that we can um, we can get past Ukraine. It's going to be difficult, no doubt about it. 
obviously Ukraine going through a difficult time that I think they're in Poland at a training camp um, but it will be a, a tough game next week but I fully expect um, Scotland to go through and, and play Wales Some of the headlines today Caroline Weir news just coming out reports at the moment that she's leaving Man City her contract's up soon and maybe she'll be going to Spain any thoughts on that Rachel? Are you surprised? Um. I think for Caroline, you know, she's had an incredible four years at Man City and I think, or I know that there was a number of clubs very, very interested and she's earned that, you know, she's mm. she's there. There's a number of players in that team that are England internationals and, and that probably at times means that she doesn't get spoken about as much as you can imagine across the border. Um, without doubt, being consistently one of their best performers and best midfielders. So um, wherever she goes, and I know it'll be a top club because I know that she's earned you know, aren't that move. Um, she's been exceptional and she's a key player for Scotland too and will be key for us later this month. Barry, you watch everything. Caroline, we're also a great yeah, player. I, I watch, um, obviously the women's game's grown and happily it's grown up, up in Scotland as well. There's a few clubs now full-time. Um, my old club, Rangers, the difference that's made to them in the last couple of years. The new uh, champions. Yep, I know the manager and my nephew's the, the assistant manager there, mm. um, Kevin, so... Yeah, the, the women's women's uh, game's growing. I watch a lot of it, obviously, down south. And, and some of the crowds they get uh, is brilliant. Um, and some of the football is really enjoyable to watch. Not enough at the most recent international, was it, Rachel? And quite rightly, you came out and said, why are you not opening up more uh, space in Hamden? And there was, what, nearly 8,000 on the night. People want to come out to watch women's football, of course. Yeah, it was. A, I think that was a record for a qualification yeah. game. And I think, um, you know... For some perspective, I think really um, the national team want want to make sure that the fans can get access to the game. And I think, you know, there was initially at one point limited tickets available and then um, obviously they opened up more sections and and as as sort of the game approached, there was more and more tickets sold. So it was great to see that that number turn out. I, I, hope, I hope that in June, you know, with it being, we can maybe hope for a nice night and... Um, we can, we can get the fans there too. Get a huge crowd out. I, I yep. think they've got to promote it a bit yeah. better, if I'm being honest with you, Paul. Um, we were speaking off air and sometimes um, you don't even know that the, the game's happening until maybe a, a, a day or two before it actually mm. is happening. So that's something that I'm sure the SFA um, need to start doing is promoting the women's game up here. Because I said, I, I think that it's a good product. As I said, there's a lot of full-time clubs now and there's a lot of players coming from different countries to play up here. So in terms of the national team, I think we've got to promote the women's game a bit better. We promote it a lot here in Go Radio, and of course yep. uh, Leanne Crichton's on a lot, and she's she's a legend, isn't she? I know she's getting towards the end of the career. Um, you've seen her recently, I think, at Motherwell. You've, you've seen them play. Yeah. But she's a great ambassador in Scotland for women's football. Yes, yeah, I've known Leanne, and we've been very close friends over the years. Right. We've played together. Yeah. We've actually lived together as well at one point. Um, what was she like? Was she a nightmare? Go on. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't. No, that's the one thing she's not. <laughs> probably the other way. I yeah. think she, I, I was probably the one towing the line with that. Um, no, she's someone that's a pioneer for the game, and obviously she's doing so much in the media as well. She's, you know, become a face of it, and she's a big advocate. She was heavily involved when she was part of the national team setup as well, of ensuring the game progressed in the right manner. So, yeah. She's one of my best friends. So Her nan listens in and her mum as well, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, listen, Leanne's great. She, her knowledge of the game's yeah. unbelievable. To be fair, I've known Leanne now a, a few years and, and been on, obviously, doing a lot on Go Radio. 
uh, with her and, and she's still hanging on in there playing <laughs> playing football she's yep. also got involved in coaching as well yep. at, at Muddle so that's something that she was always interested in I see her most Friday nights because I go back and watch the um, BBC of course. Yep. she does the, the championship games as well so no she she knows a thing or two about football Leander I think said, she, yeah. sorry I think she was saying that it's send a season test in next week and I think she was going to make sure she was definitely just the assistant coach <laughs> for that week <laughs> can't blame her Rachel Corsi is with us the Scotland captain Barry Ferguson former Scotland captain back he's looking alright isn't he after Seville he was maybe a wee bit tired understandably at the weekend and then um, well you know what it's like as you get older what we roll out it takes you a yeah. few more days yeah. <laughs> to recover but as I said Paul it was brilliant yeah. I, I could go with my, my two boys yeah. and my nephews and, and friends and listen I had an absolute ball mm. for 48 hours um, but believe me I suffered for it <laughs> for two or three days um, but listen I, I would never have changed it the only disappointing thing was was the result but sure. it was great for me to go mm. as a, a supporter because um, I've never been able to do that so they were just unlucky in the night and when it goes into penalties it becomes a bit of a, a, bit of a lottery but what, one thing I will say I'm trying Frank first penalties were, were all different class mm. Rachel, you would see it. Barry, and many people were convinced Rangers were going to do it. It looked to be written in the stars. It wasn't quite quite cruel. Penalty shootout, isn't it? That's oh, part it of the is. game. It is. I think even, you know, I heard Lundstrom speaking after the game mm. and I think he was open to the fact, you know, probably the early periods of the game, both teams were nervous. So it was, it was probably, there wasn't much for the first hour, you wouldn't have said. And then when obviously Rangers got the goal, it, it looked, mm. or you hoped that that, that might be enough. Um both goals were good finishes and then obviously as Barry says penalties becomes a little bit of a lottery and yeah the Frankfurt penalties were absolutely exceptional weren't they I think I'm not sure many keepers would have got near any of them so You've got great names in the game you're your brother Derek of course who's the trailblazer at Rangers before you and your great grandfather uh, played a big part of the story of Aberdeen Football Club and um, he's a legend at the club I believe yeah yeah, yeah, I think... Um, Tell us about your, your great-granddad. Yeah, so he actually he played under Donald Coleman. Um, his his name was Donald Cunningham because back, back in those days, I think his mother didn't want him to play. Um, so she preferred him to go a different route, um, which probably at times has been a similar story to me and, <laughs> and my mum's thoughts on my decisions at times. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, no, he's, he's in the centenary year, they announced him as one of the 25 greatest ever to be Aberdeen and and yet yeah, sort of I think it was around the 1920s he actually built some of the brickwork that still exists as part of the old dugout and so it's still there of course the old Pataudry and yeah. is, you must be really proud of him yeah yeah and it's it's a big part of sort of family history and it, for me as well to I, he, he played for Scotland too he actually yeah. played for Motherwell as well and um, you know it's it's nice to feel there's that connection and something that probably is a route to why I have the love for the game that I do. Is that why it inspired you? Why was your mum not sure about it? Did they, because I know you were working as an accountant, did they think, stick to the day job? Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, yeah, yeah. That, is, that seemed a little bit more secure. But uh-huh. um, no, my mum and dad have supported me throughout. But I think obviously, you know, the women's game, sorry, you're talking nine, ten years ago, it was far smaller in terms of profile than it is even now and we're still on a journey of a lot of development and growth so um, yeah she probably thought I was absolutely crazy the day I told her that I was leaving a big audit firm to go and try being a footballer but it, it's worked out it's worked out, out hasn't yeah, it yeah. and English football is way ahead of Scotland Barry isn't it in the women's game 
I know you want to go further um, to get equality, to get the kind of money that's in the men's game, but Scotland, we're still a wee bit behind, but beginning to make progress. Yeah, it's, it's miles in front, but as I mentioned earlier on, there's, there is clubs that are, are trying their best, and what we've seen lately, um, clubs going full-time. Um, I don't know if the the main league will all be full-time, because mm-hmm. it obviously comes down to finances, but I would like to think in the future it can, because listen, there's they're well supported so many teams yep. um, and as I said it's a it's a good product with, with a lot of good players and, and what I've noticed over the last year or two there is players coming from different leagues mm-hmm. not just all all, yep. all Scottish um, so yeah well, I'd like to think further down the line that it will be a eventually a full time league yep it was the first AGM today of the new SWPL1 so that's good the teams in it Aberdeen Celtic Dundee United Glasgow City Glasgow Women's FC Hamilton Ackies Barry's hometown club Hearts Hibs Motherwell Partick Thistle Spartans and the Champions Rangers and the second one there's Borough Muir East Fife Gartcairn Kilmarnock Montrose Queen's Park St Johnson and Stirling University some of the other headlines today Jota looks as though he's about to sign for Celtic. Barry, uh, do you feel that as a Rangers uh, legend or good news for Celtic, isn't it? 13 goals this season, the Portuguese star. His agent's in town. It looks as though he's about to sign. Yeah, well, obviously great news for the, the Celtic fans. Um, one thing you, you generally get with wide players is consistency. Mm. One game, very good. Next game, they, they drop out. But his consistency levels have been exceptional. You just mentioned there, 13 goals. And to be honest with you, I didn't know much about him. If anything, before he, he signed in loan, yeah. yeah, from Benfica. But one thing he, he certainly, he certainly impressed me with, with his performances. Um, and he's a, he's a real match winner. Um, so I don't know what what is the price six million euros. Six or whatever. and a half million. I think yeah. it's worth that. He, he certainly impressed this year, and he's been one of, one of Celtic's top performers. Rachel, what do you think of what you've seen of Jota? Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a it is a big signing. I think it's to get these players on. You know, a more permanent deal, I think, is always something that, especially the fans and, and I'm sure the board as well, like because there's a there's a different sense of commitment when you know that that's your team when you know you're fully bought in. So I think that's it's good for everyone. It brings that little bit of stability. I think what it also will be good for is in Europe. I think obviously that's consistently been an area where you know both Celtic and Rangers. Obviously, Rangers had a great year, but both teams want to do well in Europe I think Celtic probably felt a little disappointed how they exited the competition last year so um, I think that's where obviously as well he can add a lot for the team and it's a massive incentive when you can say you're in the Champions League so for Jota who's hugely ambitious and marketable but it's a great move for him as well Barry playing at the top table yeah and listen if he, can, he continues the form he showed last uh-huh. season yeah. Celtic are spending 6 mm. or 7 million euros if he has the same season he did there Celtic have got to be looking at least um, doubling that because when you do well in Scotland uh, Scotland is a market a selling market um, but listen he's certainly a player that's really impressed me and I would have been shocked if Celtic didn't push a boat out to get him What's the news from Rangers Barry? You said don't discount Alan McGregor for next season it looked into it the weekend when he came on for the last two minutes or whatever that he was saying cheerio but you think maybe not Right, I know he's going to have his holiday what's the latest? What do you think? I honestly don't I, I'm 50 50. I, I would love him to, to stay. I still think he, he's got it in him to play. I still think he's a top goalkeeper. Um, but listen, Alan will make a decision himself, and I think everybody will respect that. I, th- I think he mentioned he's going to take a bit of time out, a week or two, mm-hmm. 
go on holiday with the family and then he'll make his decision. But I, I'm hopeful that he, he stays on um, another year. Um, but I, if you ask my opinion, I honestly don't know. But if he asked I tried you, to get out of him. What did he say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> As he normally does. Yeah. He doesn't man give, a few words. Yeah, yep. he has a man a few words. So whatever he, whatever he decides to do, um, you've got to respect it because um, as I said he's the best goalkeeper I've played with and I've played with some unbelievable goalkeepers in my mm -hmm. in my time I just think the last three years for Rangers to go and sign him on a free transfer great he's, business yeah, yep. yeah unbelievable mm -hmm. business and I spoke about him I knew him as a young boy yep. um, 15 year old and yeah, I, I could tell straight away that this guy had a, a massive future in the game so we just need to wait and see and whatever he does um, uh, whatever he does I think I've got an incline that he's going to stay Rachel you're watching Barry what do you think what's the verdict <laughs> I mean firstly it's incredible to think of the season that he's had given given his age he obviously looks after himself incredibly well I mean he, he's been one of the top performers you know, it's, he's made some huge saves that you think how how has he got to that mm. um, so he absolutely he more than he more than can continue, you know, from an ability perspective, you would you would say off the back of this year. But it's also about, you know, calling that time when, when you feel is the right time for you. And, and sometimes, or a lot of times, that factors in a lot more than just how the body feels and how the performances have been. We'll talk about that in the next couple of hours. Who is staying at Rangers and who's coming in? And the same at Celtic as well. It's a golden era for the golden oldie keepers, isn't it? When you think about David Marshall, signed up again for Hibs, and uh, Craig Gordon, player of the year, and Joe Hart at Celtic. Yeah, but yeah. that's four top goalkeepers you, you, you've just mentioned there. Um, Craig Gordon, again, phenomenal season for Hearts. Joe Hart, a lot of people questioned. Mm -hmm. I played with Joe at Birmingham. He put us right at the beginning, he did. Yeah, I, I knew what Celtic were getting. Um, as I said, he had yeah. a tough couple of years. He hadn't played much, but... Massive character, Joe. Big, big character. A proper leader in the dressing room. And most importantly, he's a, he's a top goalkeeper. And David Marshall, a tough six month. Uh, the first uh, six months of the season. Got his move to QPR. And I think Hibs again have got another top goalkeeper. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. It's Rachel Corsi, Paul Cooney and Barry Ferguson on Go Radio. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go, 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 go. go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel. Sun's come out here in Glasgow. I'm actually off to the Oval Hydro tonight, Barry, off to see, aha, Alan Partridge, <laughs> Steve Coogan. I'm not sure if that's your cup of tea. No, I'm it's not, not my sure. cup Is of tea. Not? For, no, <laughs> no you, you enjoy your night, yeah. Right. I can't show you the tickets. No. No. <laughs> no. Alan Partridge will be on tonight. Traffic not too bad as we heard there from Chris. We just saw one of the goals there from Caroline Weir, who's off, and they're just saying there it is, as we revealed just after five, to Man from Manchester City to Real Madrid. Quite a move. Huge move. And, you know, she's, she's, no, she's a top, top player, but I think as well she's... A very mellow and hardworking performer as well. She's someone that's, you know, she came through at Hibs. She, she's she been patient with her moves. You know, she first went down south. She went to Bristol, Liverpool. Did did the hard work to build herself into into being what is arguably one of the, the top midfielders, top players in that league. Um, and obviously, you know, 
there was a number of clubs in, in for her and she's obviously made a decision that she feels is best for her. So, I, you know, I wish her well because she's a, a top player, top person. Someone's been on here. Has Barcelona's recent 100,000 attendance for the Women's Champions League match whetted the appetite for the SFA to grow the fan base? Something we touched on earlier, Rachel. Are the SFA doing enough to get more fans on the grounds, in your view? That's what uh, someone's asking here on the socials. Yeah, I, th- I think we touched on it earlier. You know, I th- I th- there is an audience for the game. The game is growing in, in a very positive direction. There's there's certainly people who want to come out and watch. And I think it, it's important that we keep making sure that we advertise the games properly. And I think that's something that we've touched on that, you know, as a player, I, I probably don't have an objective view on that because I know the games are coming because yeah. I'm hopefully involved and I, yeah. I always know when the games are coming up but as Barry mentioned you know there's times he doesn't know the games on which probably shows that you know as someone who likes football would be aware who would notice something like that if it was advertised I think that proves that we need to do a little more and when you do that when you do see clubs or national teams doing these things and promoting the game then the fans turn up and I think you know talking about the last round of international matches I think Northern Ireland Republic of Ireland England Wales all superseded us in terms of attendances and I think that's something you know we're a football country sure. and you know we want to make sure we're doing our bit and the players I can say without doubt absolutely love when the fans do turn up it's even the 8,000 that were there last time the atmosphere was incredible um, so Barry for- yeah I, I don't think yeah. it's advertised enough mm. I, I want to see it on the TV and mm. billboards I find out when we come in here and you're probably the same. So I, I'm just being honest. I, I don't think it's promoted enough. I mean, what was it, 8,000 at the last game? Yep. Um, I think if it's done properly, you've got to be looking at double or treble. Look at the size of Hampton. You know, yeah. and that, that, that's... Yeah, it's, it's took off the women's game. Sure. And, and yeah. there's so many girls now. I mean, I'm down the park with a dog or whatever, going a walk. The amount of young girls now that are, are kicking a ball about, um, it's unbelievable. Imagine 100,000 at Barcelona in a Champions League game. That's nuts. I think they got it two weeks in a row. I think, mm. they, I think they played a league game after the week after and it was to win the title and I think they got the same again. So. Bit of a shift here in Scotland after so many years of success and you were part of it with Glasgow City. Rangers have won the title this year but they've got a chance with the Cup against Celtic this weekend. Um, are you surprised that it took so long for Celtic and Rangers to take the women's game more seriously? Is that fair? Um, I think that, I think that's probably slightly unfair to the fact that Glasgow City have done an exceptional job leading the way, and I know that they've fought off Celtic. And when Celtic first developed, you know, their women's team, I, I was still playing for Glasgow City, mm-hmm. so it was a, a good few years ago. Um, and they genuinely put on a, a real fight. They really pushed. They really pushed. City had to dig in to make sure they they kept that first spot and. At that time, you know, it was only a top team made Champions League. So um, n- now, obviously, you're starting to see the investment. I think the investment that Rangers have put in has been exceptional. It's taken it to another level, um, which has pushed Glasgow City too. And I think they're trying their absolute best to make sure that they can maintain a, a really high-performing, top professional side as well. And, you know, now it's going to ask questions of Celtic because naturally, whenever they see that their big rivals getting one over them then they won't like that and so hopefully that pushes them because right now I would say the package the experience the investment that Rangers have put in it is second to none I mean they would be similar to some of the teams mid to top of the WSL down south so oh, really? yeah. um, 
yeah, in, ter- in terms of in terms of what they've invested to make mm. sure that they have everything aligned and everything in place to give their players the best setup, it's you know knowing the players that are there. Mm. Speaking to you know Nicola Doherty, Sam Carr, who've who've been there now a couple of seasons. You know when you hear what what they're about and what they're doing, and it's it's making a difference. And you know now we need to see all the teams. And when you li- when you read the list of the teams that are there, mm. almost all those teams, bar one or two, are connected to a men's Premier League team, and so. You know, naturally, a lot of things come with a financial implication, but there's also a lot of resources that can be shared that make a massive difference. You know, the sports science things, the medical department, things like the GPS to make sure everything's tracked and day to days as it should be. You know, there's there's lots going to happen, and and hopefully, you know, the, the growth will now accelerate again. You just imagine Celtic saying, "We have to do better." Yeah, you but know, I, I know how serious Rangers. Do take it and the investment that goes in there. I know Malky Thompson, the manager, mm-hmm. really well. Um, Good guy. As I said, my cousin yeah. Kevin Murphy. Yep. He's in there helping them out as, as well, and um, they do things properly. And um, that's one thing you've got to credit Rangers with. A couple of a couple of year ago, they made the decision to go full time, and um, it takes a lot of money. It's not just about the players. Just mentioned there, it's about yeah. the, the medical Medi- side, the sports mm-hmm. science side, everything that goes with it. It costs. Financially, it costs a, a, a lot of money. So, Rangers are, have put their money where their mouth is. And listen, they've, they've reaped the rewards this year by, by winning a league title. Was Stephen Gerrard part of that then when he came in and his revolution four years ago at Rangers? Did that coincide with it? Or is it the Douglas Park and part of that regime, uh, the chairman and the people I'll there? To, I'll need to text Malky. Let's find out. I don't know sure. Because, but I do know, yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I, I keep in touch with Malky, and obviously my cousin's involved there. Mm-hmm. So, I do know that the, the investment is. Um, Pretty significant that what Rangers put into it. So, as I said, if you put the money in, you hopefully get the rewards, and, and that's what Rangers have got this year. Because um, they, they won the league. I want to say I can't, but they won it pretty easily. It was comfortable for them. Um, but now, Celtic will be looking and think mm. we're not happy with that. Mm. So there might be a bit of investment coming from Celtic, and that makes it great for the league, of course. They've got the big bucks coming in from the Champions League. 35 million now. Rangers just missed out on that if they'd gone in. But they still got a fair bit of coin, as uh, Oz always tells us in here, for that run all the way to the UEFA final or the Europa League. We've decided we don't really like the, t- the, the, the titles at the moment. You know, the Champions League, great, but this Europa League, Europa Conference, if you win it, you don't care, I guess, Rachel. Do you know that 55 years ago today, the first British team to win the European Cup, Celtic. May the 25th, 1967. And well before your time, and also well before your time, Barry, but your, you know, your uh, people in the family will remember that day. And it was a special day. Simpson, Craig and Gemmell, Murdoch, McNeil and Clark, Johnson, Wallace, Chalmers, Alden, Lennox, John Fallon was the substitute keeper. You had one sub on the bench and it was crazy. <laughs> it was the late, great Jock Steen, Sean Fallon's assistant, Bob Rooney, uh, Physio, yeah, Neil Morgan. actually had one yeah. substitute. That was it, one oh, substitute. It's crazy. Yeah. And the players like Joe McBride, who was the player of the, well, it wasn't the, he was the top scorer. He didn't kick a ball from Christmas until he came right at the end of the season, missed it. John Hughes was injured. Charlie Gallagher, who helped to take them there, will miss others as well. And it was phenomenal. I was really young at the time. But for a Scottish team to win the European Cup, no Latin team. It, it was only Inter Milan, Real I'm just Madrid. Work out your age. Yeah, you could on that one. <laughs> I remember it vague, vaguely, very young at school. It was a day off from school. I remember people thought that was because you know a Scottish team were in the uh, European final uh, in Lisbon. Special day, and uh, we hope to speak to Jim Craig, 
who is one of the one of the great the, the Lisbon Lions. We did a great program with them last year. And Barry, I was just thinking, you know, it's just been too long, isn't it? Rangers did it in 1972 in the Cup Winners' Cup final. Um, yeah, 50 years ago. And then Aberdeen, Rachel, your own team, 39 years ago, winning the Cup Winners' Cup. I was going to say, do you remember it? But you're only 32. <laughs> but they still talk, I bet in the family yeah. they still talk about it, yeah? Yeah, they do, they do. Um, my mum's still a little bit bitter that she, that she wasn't allowed to go, what? I believe. Um, Not to Gothenburg? She apparently she missed it. Um, she still goes to Todry, though, and oh. has put up with the rest of what's happened sure. <laughs> since yeah. that time, which... I don't think has been overly glorious yeah. in many moments, but no. we'll leave it there. Our own Rob McLean, he was the commentator on the radio at the time, I remember it. And Barry, at Rangers... Rob was. Rob was a commentator, he was a young commentator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kevin Rob's age. Oh, he was <laughs> slightly younger than me, so I wouldn't worry. And we're not ageist here, are we? No, nope. no, he's not. Um, so for Rangers, you were convinced last week, so it's the but Barcelona... You had, you had Celtic 2003. Yep. Seville, um, the team I played in 2008 down in Manchester and then obviously Rangers last week um, so I, I just keep thinking back to, to, to last week this time what, last what week an, what an opportunity that was for for Rangers and, and Rachel's right seeing I was sitting watching the game what, both Rangers and Frank Frankfurt wasn't a great spectacle and it kind of kicked into life a wee bit in the second half with Rangers obviously getting that goal but um, I don't think either team Played to their capabilities, if I'm being honest. Rachel, would you agree? They didn't reach the heights, did they? Rangers yeah. on the night. They didn't play badly. Some no, people were they a didn't. bit cruel, but yeah. I, I think it was it was played almost in a conservative way. I think mm. I think both teams were more conscious to not lose it than to, to win it initially, which is very is normal for a final, you know, especially on such a grand stage. And you know, I think even just the height, the fact there was well, over a hundred thousand fans obviously not physically in the stadium, but just had travelled. You feel that. I think, you know, you know the pressures that Rangers players are under normally week in, week out, and normally, and you know, they win consistently and that's the pressure that comes with playing for a team like Rangers, but it was a little different with a game of that magnitude and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't in a negative sense. Obviously, it was, you know, in many ways smart. You don't want to go out gung-ho and you're 3-0 down at half-time and then it's, you know, a totally different, it's an uphill struggle and to overcome that would, be incredible so it's just one of those ones when you look back you think oh, we maybe should have gone for it a bit more earlier on but they, they played well and to get there the, the results they'd had to get there you know it's huge feat you'll talk about these stories though it'd been even better if you win it you know I've just told you some of the things from 67 apparently Bertie Old who passed away just in the last year Bertie in the tunnel started singing the Celtic songs he said he looked and he saw these Italian stars they were taller uh, he said they looked like film stars but he better said, looking but can they play yeah, I've had it myself <laughs> when you stand beside you know the I mean? Italians he, he sang the Celtic song he didn't know what to, and they all belted out uh, it was just apparently he said ah, but can they play that's what he said in Celtic it was phenomenal um, maybe get it out and watch it Barry you'd never look back to your own old game I know that in 2008 have I've you watched, watched this year's yeah did you watch last week's have you looked back on the game yeah, in I, Seville I, no, the full game, but right. my own game I played 2008 in the UEFA Cup final. I've never watched it back. Think you ever will? No, no. Can you understand that, Rachel? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. There's some games you just mm. the the emotion attached to it is, and for the most part, you remember, you do still remember games, and a final like that, you know, it's just a moment for huge achievement again to be there. But you don't probably want to relive yeah. certain moments. 
Here's GVB speaking about the moments of the last six months and this is his summary for Celtic fans. Uh, I would imagine Ange Postacoglu is on holiday because Celtic finished the week before. But here's GVB speaking just the other day. How do you say that? Very hectic because of the, uh, the schedule we had. I think we played two games a week uh, since I came here. And uh, it's very demanding, you know, in preparation of, of games and uh, not only for players, but also for myself and my staff, medical staff as well. Uh, so I think we need a we need a little bit of rest, but uh, it's always nice to to win silverware. That's that's what it's all about. And of course, reaching the, the your, your, your Europa League final is you know was an amazing run in Europe together with the fans. And uh, unfortunately, we couldn't uh, end the season in Europe with a trophy. Uh, I'm very proud of everyone involved with Rangers for the the campaign we had in Europe this this, this season. He deserves a break, doesn't he? He, he does, yeah. but it was important for Rangers to finish the season in a high. Um, obviously, losing losing the, the league it was a tough one to take. Um, he came in for a bit of criticism just over a couple of months ago with that bad, bad defeat at Celtic Park. But I, I think Gio, his staff and the players have reacted in the right manner. How did he react to criticism, do you think, when people said... He knows that, I mean... It was unacceptable. I, I told you night. I was with him six or seven weeks ago at that the, the Legends game, and he understands. He, he played for two years um, at the club. He knows the, the demands and the expectations that are put on you, and it's par for the course when you, you're at a club like Rangers. Um, but he, he, he got his head down, worked hard, and, and I thought some of the performances from his team, certainly in the Europa League, were, were exceptional. And as I said... There was a worry when we were doing the game on, on Saturday. Um, but I, I thought, again, apart from the first 10 or 15 minutes where they were a bit flat, I thought the stadium was a bit flat as well. Rangers grew into the game and then there was only going to be one winner. And Rangers thoroughly deserved to, to win the cup. And as I said, it was important that they went out in the high. Now they can go away and get their well-earned rest and, and enjoy the summer. Monaco Grand Prix, maybe? We just see it there on the telly this weekend, yeah. Barry. That's maybe one place to go. Rachel, what are you going to do over the summer? Because for you, you've been playing, but you've now you've got a game in what, well, just less than a month's time. Um, when are you going to get a break? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's, yeah. it's not ideal timing. There's an international window then. Um, I'm, at, I'm going away for some sunshine on Monday, so that'll be... But it might become a little bit of warm weather training as a combined, combined trip, but... Um, I think that's just the nature of what football's become now. You know, you hear that a lot when, you know, you hear players interviewed. I think Leanne was talking about, Callum McGregor talking about getting a week a week off and then it was going to be straight back in. And you think, you know, he's played 60-odd games, but that's all you can kind of afford to take because it's just games come thick and fast. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy the sunshine, but there'll definitely be a few, a few runs in there as well. Do you not think, Barry, the authorities are shoving in far too many games now in new tournaments? Yeah, a, a lot of people think it's just physically, but it's mentally mm -hmm. yeah. as well. I, I had to switch off totally for, I always took two weeks, if possible, do absolute nothing. And then I would gradually build up for, for going back to pre-season. But it's important that players do get a rest. I mean, just talking about Callum McGregor, what, a, a week or 10 days and then he's, he's straight back into it. Um, and virtually, if you're a professional now, you hardly get a break. I remember when I started full-time at 15, I remember that it used to be like six, seven weeks they used to go yeah. off. And gradually, as time mm. went on, it's gone down and down and down. But they've got to remember that it's not just physically, it's mentally. And it's important that you do switch off and get away for the, for the, uh, from the game. 
the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Wednesday evening edition of the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors tonight. Another European final, second last of the season. The big one is this weekend, of course, Liverpool against Real Madrid in Paris tonight. It's Roma up against Feyenoord. Let's hear from Scott, a Rangers fan is on the line. Good evening, Scott. Hi, guys, how are you doing? Uh, good, we're well. Rachel, so far so good. Enjoying? Yep. It's good to have you with us. And uh, the former Rangers captain, Barry here as well. Scott, what are you thinking? A week on from Seville. Uh, I've got. I'm st- I've not got. To, I've seen a lot of posts about Seville saying that proud of the team. Obviously, it's a great journey, but I don't think I've got to that stage yet. Too soon. I'm still at the stage of annoyed that we get beat. Yeah. What's annoying you most about it? If if you, yeah, what would you change apart from the penalty? Was, but I get it. But it was the fact we were so close mm-hmm. to it, and also I think. If people are blaming Aaron Ramsey, obviously that's a penalty, but if Conor Goldson clears across yeah. for their goal, then I think we're going to win the game. Or if Ryan Kent finishes, then that's... Yeah, but I think exactly. I think I saw yeah. something, the ball was out, so VAR might have uh, ruled it out, the Ryan Kent miss. Mm. Mm. I was right in line with that cross, mm. and, we were, and I, I'm off my seat at that stage. Mm. Um, but I didn't realise, because of the angle I was at, what a save by the keeper. Yeah. Incredible uh, yeah. save. I couldn't believe it. Look, I understand Scott's frustration. I, I, I'm still a bit... Because I, I honestly believe that Rangers had enough to go and um, defeat Eintracht Frankfurt. They're a good team. I didn't think they were a top team, if I'm being honest with you. I just think Rangers weren't on top of their game. And, and Rachel mentioned earlier, which is a good point, it could be nerves. That, that, that plays a, um, a, a big part in it. But also the heat... Mm. See the heat inside the stadium? I could not believe when I went in it. During the day, it was roasting. But when I got into the stadium, the heat was intense. No air, nothing. So that's where, where maybe the game was a bit, obviously, slower. There wasn't much tempo to it. But I, I do think it was a missed opportunity for Rangers. Rachel, Seville is kind of unique, isn't it? They call it the frying pan of Spain. It's boiling. Yeah, and that's something you're just not used to here. And, mm. you know... I've played in heat, humid conditions in the US and you can't compare it. And if you've never done it, it's it's also hard to relate. Um, that absolutely will have, will have been a, f- a factor for both teams just in the nature of how the game went. And, um, you know, 120 minutes as well, you've gone the whole hog. So, What's the hottest you've played in? Can you remember? Would it be in America or was it on Australia? What's the, the most think, difficult conditions? Oh, Australia in summer was hot, but I think... Places like Houston and Kansas City. Obviously, I was played for Kansas, so all our home games in summer were were tough. But there was a couple of TV games we played, and there were a two o'clock kickoff. And my goodness, the humidity is—you feel like you're wearing a, a a weights vest because your your shirt and your shorts are just drenched in sweat. It's it's not pleasant at all. Um, and being from Scotland, obviously, it was taking <laughs> took some adjusting to. Scott, any thoughts for next season? Last I, I was year, going to yeah. ask Scott, did, yeah. did Saturday no make up for it a wee bit, Scott? Obviously winning the Scottish yeah. Cup. Yes, I thought Saturday's, Saturday's a highlight of the season for me mm-hmm. because folk would talk about Leipzig or Dortmund, but every time I think of them, I just remember about, I just think about the final we get beat. Mm-hmm. That's a pity, isn't so it? Because that was a special. I mean, what a result. And both games against Dortmund. But, yeah, maybe in time... 
it sounds as though you need a bit of healing, Scott, and then you might reflect back on what kind of season would you say this is just now for Rangers? This uh, overall, probably disappointment, considering we thought we'd win the league at the start of the season, considering we didn't know. Obviously, Celtic's big transition. No one, no one expected Celtic to be the team they are now. Everyone sort of expected us to win the league. Obviously, win a domestic cup for the first time in what eleven year. Obviously, great achievement getting to a European final. But yeah, I think only coming out this season with one trophy. I think overall it was a bit of a disappointment. But here's the manager speaking about some summer movements at the club. Well, I think there will be changes this summer. I'm not sure yet. You know, uh, the players who are out of contract, they uh, sign new contracts. I think it's uh, for players who end their contracts, uh, they have the chance to move and maybe go and, and look for another challenge. I think they also want stability and uh, also for the future. So, you know, hopefully in the next weeks we know if we can extend some contracts or we have to look for uh, for uh, other players. And Scott, you'll hear about Stephen Davis. They're saying that St Mirren want him and maybe Motherwell as well. I'm sure you're not surprised by that. What would you say to the Northern Ireland international? He's uh, probably the only one I'd keep. Okay. I, I wouldn't re-sign McGregor. Really? I wouldn't re-sign... Yeah, I think McGregor, it's... McGregor's frustrated me a lot this season. He doesn't come off his line enough for crosses, and that's cost us a lot. He seems to be... He's obviously a top, top shot stopper, but commanding his area, he's not... He doesn't fill me with confidence when my ball comes into the box, whereas you've got McLaughlin, who's very good at that. Mm-hmm. So, And also, I think McGregor will be on a big wage as well, so get half a books. So Goldson as well. I would, I would, I would have re-signed Goldson, but I think that's pretty much done. That he's leaving. Looks like Balogun. Yeah. I like Balogun, but he's mm-hmm. too injury prone. Mm-hmm. Stephen Davis is probably the only one I'd keep out of their contract players. Right, Barry. What would you say then? He, Scott's saying Alan McGregor doesn't come for the crosses. It's never been his strongest point. But if you're asking me who I want between the sticks, it's Alan McGregor all day long, all day long. He's the best goalkeeper in Scotland by a country mile. Scott. Obviously, I think with obviously I always thought that that's never been the strongest. But I think commanding your area now is a lot more important for a goalkeeper than it was back when the Barry was playing and McGregor in his prime, two thousand nine, twenty ten, etc. But I think I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say McGregor. I think it's time, it's time to move on from Alan McGregor. And obviously, we've got John McLaughlin, who's still a top goalkeeper. And how he's not in the Scotland squad when he when he's chosen four goalkeepers is beyond me, to be honest. I've got I've got to agree with Scott in terms of John McLaughlin. He is a a keeper that I, I rate highly. I thought I thought again um, in the cup final he commanded his his area really well. And Rangers have got I see they're linked with some goalkeepers, but I do think if Alan McGregor does retire. McLaughlin is good enough to, to be Rangers um, number one. In, in terms of Steve Davis, uh, no disrespect to Mother or St Mern, I think he's better than that, Steve Davis. I, I don't think he'll play every game next year or if he did sign on, but I think it's important that sometimes it's good to have that ex- experience about the, the place. Um, and for me, I've seen him on a number of occasions. I, I, two games spring to mind. Semi-final against Celtic. I thought he'd come on against Frankfurt in the, the final and, and changed the game a bit and dominated the, the midfield. So I would, lo- I would love to see Davo um, get another season. But listen, it's going to come down to maybe Davo wants to play week in, week out. 
Rachel, what about Calvin Bassey? Everyone's raving about him as a defender. What, what have you, what have you observed? What, what do you like? And there's a lot to like about him. There is. I, I think what most people like is just that tenacity he has. I mean, he's he's so much energy, and you know, he, he's very much on the front foot. He's very aggressive. Um, he's strong. He's powerful. He's got pace. Um, I think he's been a bit of a revelation this season. I'm not sure. Perhaps everyone had the expectations that he would have as good a year as he has and especially how he's finished the year I think um, you know he's really come into it you see he's found his position and he he looks like he loves it and that's not always something that's easy as a, as a player you know you don't always love every minute um, but he's he's on great form he, he's got huge potential and I think he, he's one that you know in the future can become someone that really leads leads that back line and, and that's probably the, the next biggest step for him it should probably still a, a few years ahead of him yet but you, you know that's an ambition he, he can hopefully have Scott will you keep him? Yeah I, I think we have to keep him the only one who I think we can get money for who I'd sell is probably Glenn Kamara because I don't think in my opinion he, he doesn't start our best team and if we got an offer between 10 and 15 million for him from maybe an English club or I think he's been like to Italy in the past I would definitely to accept it Rachel you looked a wee bit surprised about that yeah I think I think he's one of for me he's one of, one of their best players I think you, you can't have a team completely full of of players that have that flair and that creativity you, you need the players that combine that that are there to make those players that do have the flair and can create things on a whim you need to have players in there that, that complement that I think he does that I think his energy and and what he brings in a different way allows Rangers to let those attacking players play with the freedom that they have. So for me, he he would start. I, I do rate him very highly. I think when I've seen him, he's he's someone that very very rarely has a poor game as well. And and probably the games that you don't notice him so much, it's probably because he's breaking up the play and and just winning the ball back, linking linking up, finding the front three. Um, so yeah, for, for me, he's. He would stay in my, in my team, but Barry, for your team, yeah, right. he's a player I really like. Let's remember, fifty thousand pound, Glenn Kamara cost. Um, but I know for a fact every Rangers player's got a price on their head, and if somebody comes in and meets that, if it's ten million pound or whatever for Glenn Kamara, Rangers will will do business. But I like him, mm-hmm. I, I do. He, he doesn't start every single game, but he brings a lot to the team. Um, in my what's the price tag on Glenn Kamara I'm going to ask you that after the news Scott thanks a lot for calling speak to you soon see you bye thanks Scott there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow from one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley we're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service so come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range all available with up to 10 year warranty including the all new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV see our great choice of approved used Toyotas too get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians and specialist advice from our motability team visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road Darnley the new name for Toyota in Glasgow the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland let's go 
football headlines at just after six. Barry Ferguson not quite sure if Alan McGregor will stay at Rangers next season, but he urges him to stay with the Scottish Cup winners. And at Celtic, Jota's agent is in town and it looks as though he's about to put pen to paper to sign a permanent deal, around about six and a half million pounds. Elsewhere, Vincent Company has parted company with Anderlecht Barry. He was some player, wasn't he, at Man City? But uh, his management days there in Belgium are over. Yeah, he was an absolute legend at, at Man City. Um, top centre half. Um, yeah, I'm pretty surprised. Um, I thought he would. He was a manager type because he was obviously a great, uh, great leader on on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, no, I used to enjoy um, watching him. He was a, a top top player. Who's going to win tonight? Rachel Corsi is with us. Do you think it's going to be Roma under Jose Mourinho or GVB's former club, Feyenoord? Who's going to win? It'll be tough. Two, yeah. two huge clubs, I think. I probably fancy Roma. I think Mourinho will have some tricks up his sleeve, no doubt. He's a serial cup winner, isn't he? I think Man United didn't know what they had when they lost them a couple of years ago. No, and I th when you actually... There was something I, I read through the season. When you actually look at win percentages, he's... Of the manager since Fergie, you know he's. I think he was the the next best. So, um, yeah, he's he's a bit of marmite, really, isn't he? He's love or hate, but he definitely knows how to win, and his CV is very impressive. That's for sure. Marmite, how do you feel about Mourinho, Barry? Like him, he, he believes in himself. He, he he's believes. Box office, yeah, he's yeah. he's a top man. Is he just need mm. to look at the amount of trophies he's won, and I believe that's his only trophy he's not won. So that's why he was emotional. Right. Getting through into the into the semi final, um, so you know what he's like. He wants to win every single trophy that right. that's out there, and this is an opportunity. And I think they'll do it tonight. I think they'll have Roma have too much for Feyenoord. That's right, because he won it with uh, Porto, as we know, in two thousand and three mm. against Celtic, and then he won it the following year. It's you know he won the big one, the Champions League, phenomenal. What about in England last night, the men's manager of the year? It's uh, Jurgen Klopp. Barry, were you a wee bit surprised given that you know we have to they've won the cup, they've won the League Cup. They may well win the Champions League, but it's uh, Man City Pep who, who pipped them for the for the title. Two unbelievable managers. They're, they're, they're neck and neck. You could have listen. It's a hard one. I I I'll, I think um, both of them are exceptional. That I, I just love watching both Liverpool and um, Man City. Um, and if any of them won it, you couldn't disagree with. It, let's be honest with you. And I do think Liverpool won the Champions League. On Saturday, I do firmly believe it. Brilliant. What do you think, Rachel, about the game at the weekend? Who's going to win? I, I quite fancy Real Madrid. I, I think again they're a team that's almost a serial winner, aren't they? They've, mm -hmm. And they they know how to win this trophy too. I think you know in England, actually being there, all the all the talk through the build up was about how it, it was looking like it was going to be a man a Man City Liverpool final, and everyone was talking about it, and everyone was talking about it. And I think. You know, if you flip that, if, if you're in Spain and you're a Real Madrid fan or you know what they're about, I don't. I think they would have, their narrative would have been the same. I think they went into those games respectfully knowing what Man City were about, but with the full intention that they, they believed they were capable of winning, which I don't think there's many sides in Europe, in the world, that, that probably think that when they, you play a team, you know, managed by Pep for one, but with the quality that Man City have. But And I think, they have quality and they can they can be dangerous and I think that's one thing that, that Liverpool have shown they can be vulnerable to is conceding goals and so I think that's 
it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a great game. Benzema, you can never count yeah. count them out because it looked as though Man City were going to go through. Other news in England today before we come back to some breaking news about transfers in Scotland. Barry, what about the Enic group who used to be involved at Rangers? They're putting in 150 yeah, million at Tottenham this year. So, uh, yeah. Joe Lewis. Yep. Um, yeah, he was in, involved with, with Rangers, but I think they need to listen. Tottenham have got a, a top class manager in, in Conte. And I, I don't think he would have stayed if he wasn't going to get backed. Um, look, they've got in the Champions League. And if you want to keep the best managers, you need to back them in the transfer market. So that's, um, I'm sure that's good news for Conte. And I'm, I'm sure guys like Harry Kane, who looked if they could have left last season. So he guys like that and so on will be looking for top class players to come in. Um, but they've got a top class manager. And I think... Spurs in time could be one of the ones to go and push Liverpool and, and Man City. Coming back to management in a minute, minute or two, and I want to ask you if you would manage in the future. I know you're only 32, Rachel, and, and Barry, you've got a question maybe for Barry. Here's some transfer news today. Trevor Carson, the former Motherwell keeper, um, he's going to St Mirren from Dundee United. And Sean Rooney, who uh, is a huge part of the success or was at St Johnson, it's now was, he's off to join Fleetwood Town under the new manager, Scott Brown. Yeah, I'll be a big loss for St. Johnson. Mm. Rooney was a, a big part of Callum's um, team. I know he had an injury th- uh, during the season, but he's a player that um, has come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. Um, when they won the double last year, he was a massive part of that. Mm. So I'm sure Callum will be disappointed. But again, League One in England pay a hell of a lot more than um, some Premier League clubs up in Scotland. You look at some of the money, Rachel, and you just think, my goodness, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Even like at Fleetwood, compared to uh, the Scottish Premiership in some cases, but in particular, compared with the women's game, just so much more money. Yeah, and I think so. I mean, some of the figures, you know, I think someone tried to tell me that the Haaland deal was a good deal. I think just because (laughs) the original figure was something much larger than that one. But I think when you just think of the money now that's in the top level, top level of the game, it's incredible. And yeah, it's something that I think probably the Scottish Premier League st- continues to have to fight against is the fact that players are lured to League One clubs because they can earn more. And I think, you know, being Scottish, being a fan of Scottish football, you, you want these players to stay, but you obviously have to respect the fact that it's, it's a career and, and players can only play for a short space of time and they're going to, you know, there's going to be moments where they're going to make decisions that you know, financially that's the best thing for them, mm. then that's totally respect. You have to respect that and understand it. It's like Mbappé's deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the TV when I was watching it. A million pound a week. It's only a million a week. <laughs> and a hundred million. Was it was a hundred million signing on fee. Yeah. Wait, wait, I, when's it going to stop? I, I know. And he's got a say in who's in no, charge. No, I watched the press. Is that not true? No, that was, uh, in, he was wanting to be captain and whatever. No, he was quite good. He's, Presser was good. He misses nothing, but he sees everything in football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, he's, yeah. what a player he is. Let, let's be honest yeah. with you. I was just Terrible. interested to see right. um, what was why he changed his mind, and um, he, he made his mind up last year that he was going to go to Madrid, um, and just just PSG was he's uh, where his home is now, um, and they were going on. They were asking him the questions regarding. Obviously, you just stand for the money, and uh, are you How going to be captain? I just yeah. smiled, um, but ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money. Mm. It's not you can't blame the players if it's there, but there's too much money at that level. I think uh, you couldn't disagree with that. It's crazy money, nearly a million a week. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I think from a, a total flip perspective, you know what what we've probably a lot of a lot of people will push back on sort of in the women's games growth to say it doesn't deserve. I think deserves a, a word that's used quite a lot, and I, I don't particularly like that word in general because I think it's a privileged career. Whatever you earn, it's it's great to play sport for a living. Um, I don't know that you can argue that they deserve a hundred million a week. Um, I think that's just you know there's a market and that's where those figures have, have grown to. But um, you know it's 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 where the game's at. There's people with money who want to invest in football clubs and be football club owners, and that's what they want to do: spend the money. But it doesn't help the game unless he's so amazing or she. That you, they're compelling and they're like worldwide marketing for the game. They should be paid good money, but where does it stop? And the agents get a huge amount on, on top of it. It doesn't trickle down, Barry, does it? That sits then with the Mbappe family. It the, the only problem when wages start coming out in the open is some players at PSG might be looking and thinking, oh, exactly, we've got some big names. Yeah, he's yeah. sitting with your Messi's yeah. and, and, and people like that and think, oh, why is he getting more than me? I'm one of the best players in the world. So that's where it sometimes. Yeah. Causes a problem, and I don't like salaries getting put out in the, the open. I know people guess, and you don't know exactly what they're earning, but I, I don't like seeing that. Did you ever have anyone trying to double guess you or try and get a bigger wage than you at Rangers? <laughs> no, no, you'd never discuss it anyway. You're very private that way, which is what it should be about your money. Yeah, I think you've, it's did, got to be that way. Did anyone get more than you? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Can you ret- look into that retrospectively? <laughs> get back onto it, yeah. Um, <laughs> Rachel Corsi, Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney. Rachel, question for you: Will, will we see soon a, a female managing a team in the English Premier League Championship or in the Scottish Premiership? I think it will happen. I think it will. Happen. I mean, you would expect it to, given mm. that now there's there's more women get going through their coaching licenses. Um, I think it's one thing as well. It needs to be something that they want to do I think you know there's been a lot of press around Emma Hayes and whether she would take that role and I think I, I know she's been frustrated in the past because she was linked with a job I think it, I think it was MK Dons maybe or Gillingham perhaps it was Wimbledon and, I remember was it right. Wimbledon we all get mixed up with MK and, Dons and Wimbledon <laughs> it's the same thing maybe. Um, and she was quite she was quite offended, I think, because in, in her opinion, she's worked really hard to grow the women's game. She's worked very hard at Chelsea. She started when, you know, their budget was a lot less and she's worked extremely hard to kind of progress through and to win what she's won. And um, I know that that frustrated her in the past. So I think it's important to also make sure that it's, you know, we don't pigeonhole yeah. people a bit. But also I think it would be great. It, I, ultimately, if you're, if you're a great manager, if you're great at what you do, then there should be no limitations. And I think... It, as I say, the more people get involved, you know, and, and take on coaching opportunities, the likelihood is that one day it will happen. Will you be a future manager of Aberdeen? I mean, I think Jim Goodwin's got a lot to do, but I think he'll do it. Barry, we, we like uh, Jim Goodwin, don't uh, we? we? Yeah, I, I think just give Jim a bit of time. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot of changes at Aberdeen. There has I mean, to be. I mean, yeah. that was really poor. I mean, I, you, you look at Aberdeen's squad, they shouldn't be finishing third bottom. They shouldn't. And... Uh, for instance, because I was a midfielder, you look at the midfield three, my nephew Lewis, Ross McCrory, and the boy Barn, yeah. Barron, who that that's three really good players. But in general, it's a very, very poor season. But I think Jim will, will start to make changes. You've seen that already. He's let people go early from their, their contracts. And I just think 
well, I hope that Aberdeen fans do give him a bit of time. Generally in football, you don't get that much time, but I think if Jim does get the time, he'll make sure Aberdeen challenge for um, that third spot. Rachel, about your team, we'll come back to the question about you managing them. <laughs> uh, what do you feel about the Dons at the moment in this past season? Yeah, it was it was really disappointing. I think for me, I, I was a fan of Stephen Glass. I, I didn't get up to that many games. I did manage three. Um, two, they won convincingly and were very good. The third one I saw was actually Rangers when it was finished one each, but I thought Aberdeen were probably the best I've seen them play in a very long time. I think they deserve to win that game. And for me, that was proof that there were good things happening. Mm. I think... The biggest difficulty for Glass was that it was perceived as it was almost a mate's deal. I think he was being scrutinised a lot. I think the other thing he did, I think there was 10 signings in summer and I remember thinking that that was a lot. And when you do that, it's not the easiest to make that work quickly. And I think that's probably why there was spells where, you know, I think there was a spell in November or start in November. I didn't win for 10 games at, Aberdeen fans believe that Aberdeen is a massive club. They think, you know, it's the followers are, the fans are tough. Even the games you win, their fans leave frustrated at how they've played. And so I understand why there was frustration and criticism and, and why it ended up becoming what it did. But um, I was disappointed he left. And I, I agree now that Jim is going to come in and this he needs to be given time. And I, I hope that is the case because what is the point in otherwise just, again, you know, expecting immediate results and if it doesn't happen, getting someone else, it's just going to become, you know, that conveyor belt that we don't need. So do you think Dave Cormack should have held his nerve and said, no, I'm going to stick with this, the, the process with Stephen Glass, the project? Because look at Ange Postacoglu brought in how many players? 12 players and it worked, which is a lot. See, see the problem is, Paul, things don't happen overnight. Yeah. When managers go through tough times, that's what you expect your, the owner mm. to stand Stick by you. you. Yep, and I, I thought it was a bit hasty to, to get rid of him. I, th I think you should at least give him at the end of the season to see if he could really turn that around. But as a squad, I do think they, they did underachieve. There, there's no doubt, but he's a lot of good players up there. Um and as I said, they decided to make the change. It was tough for Jim coming in at that, that yeah. period of mm -hmm. time. And again, in the summer, I think there's going to be a lot of changes again at Aberdeen, similar to what Rachel says last year. Ten or so players. Do you think the money's going I to be there? I think it's going to be the same again, because Jim mm -hmm. will want his own players in. Mm -hmm. Now, they'll need to generate money, whether that's young Ramsey, who for me is a fantastic young fullback, and Lewis, they're, they're the big assets. So they might need to sell one or two of them, if they, they are going to allow Jim to go and rebuild again. Is that one of your dreams? Xander Diamond, was was that the player that you modelled yourself on? <laughs> he was good <laughs> on the There you are. A few arguments Throw that one in. I, I think I wrote that on a programme one time as a complete joke, and do you know, I get asked about it all <laughs> the time. <laughs> People say, who's Xander Diamond? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about know. it. <laughs> <laughs> but we remember him here, so... Uh, big Xander are you going to be the manager one day of uh, Aberdeen <laughs> Football Club um, I would absolutely love that but I yeah. think it's a long way away partly because I'd love to play for a few more years sure. but I'd also yeah a job like that is a, a massive job are you so doing your badges I've done yeah I've done my B licence so would you recommend it well, she's only 32 but down the line no I started, I started I at 32 
No, I'm 31. Okay. I started my... It's not a competition. <laughs> it's always a competition with footballers, isn't it? 30 yeah. I started. Okay. <laughs> Barry left school and did his... Uh, yeah. license, no, but I did get, I, I get told when I was getting to that 30 mark, like, if you want to go and do it, do it while you're playing. Who told you? Who was uh, there? Was, was it, I think it was Alec McLeish. Was it? Yeah. I'm sure it was Good. Alec McLeish. It, it said... Um, can't remember. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm positive it was. Mm. So I, I went and done that, and then a license, and then onto your your pro license was tough. Mm -hmm. That but was um, that was properly been back at school again, and I never really went to school. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you can imagine how tough it was for me. But two and a half years, it it takes the the pro license. Yeah, Alec McLeish, another great dawn as well. This is not Radio Aberdeen; it's Glasgow Zone. <laughs> but it's great to have Rachel Corsi with us. 130 caps, the current Scotland captain will be in action next month in Poland against the Ukraine. And of course, the men's team will be playing Ukraine. Um, that's next week, isn't it? Next it week. is. 1st of June. It seems a while away, but a week tonight we'll be playing there. And maybe, Rachel, you'll get into to football management in the future. But before that, do you think you go abroad again? Or at Villa, have you found a real home? There must be a, quite a buzz there, you know, in the men's game with Steven Gerrard there. Money being spent, Philip Coutinho... Um, quite a buzz around the place and, and uh, good training facilities as well. Do you train in the same place as, as the men? Yeah, we do, yeah. I think, it's a, I mean, it's a huge club yeah. with a lot of history and um, it's, it is really nice to be back near our home, as, as we said earlier. And I think, you know, I've, I've two years there where I, I feel excited about what we can achieve. I think, you know, there's a, a real platform to go and to go and push on to have a really great setup. We're at the men's team facility or, or the training ground, as I guess it is. I shouldn't call it the men's team. What's um, it called again? Bodymore. Oh, Bodymore, that's right. I used to work at yeah. uh, the station it's there. Right, right yeah. next to the Belfry. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I, I think we can we can really recruit in summer and, you know, look forward to next season. Barry, you loved it in Birmingham, didn't you, with Big yeah, Alec yeah, as well? And you won I, the League I, Cup. I, I, a brilliant time. Um, I, I went down there myself. I kept the family up mm. here. Didn't want to move the, the kids out of school again. Um, and met a lot of good people. Made a lot of good friends down there. And it's um, it's always a result. I look out. No Villa. I look out for Birmingham. <laughs> obviously, I was the the, the blue side. The blues. Yep. I, I had a brilliant time down there. As I said, everybody was was really nice to me around about the club and in general when you were out about. Rachel, anything you want to ask Barry? And if you do, let's do it after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go, 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 go. go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel. Sun is out here in Glasgow. We're looking now at Scotland because a week tonight we'll be playing the Ukraine we're two steps away from the World Cup finals if we win against Ukraine then a few days later we will play against Wales James we've got the you got the squad there Barry we're going to look at no, the team what yeah, you think it might you don't need it probably yeah, James yeah. has left me out he's gave Rachel and yourself one he's um... I'm going to give it to you there you go yeah um, 08 08 17 17 700 Rachel Corsi Rachel you've got a question before we go to the Scotland issue you're going to want to ask something of Barry Ferguson yeah I'm just wondering if Barry would Maybe fancy teaming up with Kevin at Rangers. And ah. the women's game. Yeah, yeah listen, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I'll be honest with you, see at this moment in time, I'm I, I'm happy what I'm doing. But it's something that I did consider. Um, when did I think about it? 
Did someone ask you? Yeah, somebody had asked me um, just when I was out for a, a out for a meal one night, and somebody had come across to me and asked, "Would I be interested?" And you see a lot of men um, yeah. get into the game, mm-hmm. and it's something that I, I clearly would never rule out. But at this moment in time, I'm I'm happy no being in management. I'm I've no get the pressures and the the worries, and at night when. You're you're um, you're getting phone calls and saying players are ill are are, um, are no well, but no, it's I, I do follow the women's yep. game because of, obviously my my cousin's in it. Malky's one of my good mates mm. who's manager at, at Rangers. I know a few guys. I just seen Paul Kincheski got the West Ham job. Yeah, yep. I yeah. bumped into him a few times in, in holiday. So there's there's a lot of um, ex-professionals mm. getting into the women's game, which which I think's good because they could obviously. Um, help with the expertise I've had in their, their playing days Rachel would you like to see somebody with uh, Barry's credentials managing in the women's game definitely I, th- I think we, we need to keep trying to encourage more and more players that have great managerial experience but also great playing experience to, to help promote the game I, I think you know there's still a lot of coaches who are, are still developing on, on that journey and you know, if we can get as many of the best candidates to help the women's game, then it's going to have a massive impact, no doubt. Who's the manager you uh, admire most, could you say, in your own career? That I've, uh, I've worked yeah, with. you've worked with, or a couple of names of people that really encouraged who, you. Who was your manager you? at Glasgow City? Was it Scott Booth? Mm, no? I was there briefly when he was there, but it was Eddie Vilecki Black, oh, nice. um, who I learned a lot Um that's probably was the biggest stage of my career where I developed the most. Um, I went there when I was sort of 18, 19 and having come from Aberdeen, my experience in youth football was just parents. You know, my dad was involved a little bit with some of the club teams I'd been at and it was other dads if it wasn't my dad. So, um, you know, I probably had a, a li- fairly limited level of coaching in, in from that perspective but um, I worked with Laura Harvey in Seattle and um, she'd previously been at Arsenal before she moved over there and she probably had a similar style to what we'd played at Glasgow City but um, I felt again you know having her off the back of a long spell at City and a a short spell in England too before I went over there I, I felt like that I really enjoyed I really really enjoyed playing there so important, isn't it? Managers and coaches and maybe back to school as well. Barry, in the early days, a, a teacher maybe that encourages you to get right into the game. Yeah, listen, I, I played, played under so many brilliant coaches. I go way back to like, when I first went full-time, my coaches and the youth team mm-hmm. um, were, were brilliant. They, they learnt me the, the, the basics um, and it was all about respect. That's one of the one's uh, first things that we get learnt as soon as we walked through the doors at Rangers it was about how you carried yourself and, and respecting people um, but no, I, I learned so much off so many managers and everybody asked me who was your favourite one I, I've not got a, no, an actual favourite the, the one that probably learnt me more about the game in terms of my position was advocate with a Dutch philosophy of playing the game and and been really disciplined in your in your position. He was one because that, that was brilliant for me. I just turned nineteen and he came in, wow. and um, that's that's where I, I learned probably the most in terms of learning about the game. And I know you loved working under Alec McLeish and of course yeah. Walter Smith. 
Yeah, and Graham Souness as well. Of course, yeah, for I, sure. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, I was saying for sure to you at the weekend. <laughs> uh, Sandra said that in Cafe Kaya in town. She said, you mentioned for sure. Yeah, you, you don't want him getting the wrong side of uh, Graham Souness or Walter Smith sure. for that matter. Um, unfortunately, I was in the, the wrong end. Yeah, a few blastings in the, in the room. <laughs> Did Souness give you it as well? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. 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 I think it was my first or second game. Mm. He turned around and says, what a waste of money you are. What did you say to him? Well, at least I didn't get sent off against Hibs. Yeah, true. True. I should have, but um, I didn't really want to say that. I'm glad you didn't say that, I yeah. think. He gets sent off, Rachel, on his debut for Rangers, so everyone was watching it, you know, yeah. Rangers have signed but from you learn so much. Every yeah. manager's different in their own way. Yeah. Um, and as I said, some fantastic managers I've played under. Great to hear the football chat. Young Connor, I met him last night. Connor, hope you're tuned in to the programme. Thanks for making the switch. He listens every night and he likes hearing about you, Barry. But he's a Celtic fan and uh, Maeda is his favourite player. So we gave him the good news yesterday. I heard Rob saying that Maeda uh, has signed a permanent deal and what a striker he is, isn't he? And uh, the speed of him, Rachel, phenomenal. You wouldn't want to come up against Maeda too often. No, he's... I'm I'm sure the first time I saw him play, actually, he'd just come back from being away with an international setup, and I think he'd actually landed that morning. And the fact he was on the park that night, I thought was unbelievable. Having done some of those long haul flights, there's the last thing you want to do is get on. I think he'd just come off, somebody said he'd had an ice bath, gone to his bed for a little bit, woken up, had pre match, and that was him off the bench. But um, yeah, that brilliant that they'll keep him and a huge huge signing he was a huge asset he's been fantastic and you know hopefully there'll be a now that he's set that precedent there'll be an expectation he performs in the new year or new season rather Connor deserves a a medal because he was still at the dancing late last night it must have been his sister involved in that the kids were doing that out in Motherwell the three Japanese players after the game the other week they went out and still did a warm down Celtic you know, they'd won the then the guys that never played yeah. as many minutes as they probably wanted done a bit of running mm-hmm. um, that, look that's one thing about the, the Japanese players their fitness levels we were talking about Maeda as a a teammate I used to love players like that they're worth their weight in gold um, the amount of, amount of try, I call it the, the dirty side of the game no, no, it's not about going forward. The amount of work he's helped helps his fullback. Um, just fully, fully energy. The the guy. Um, and same, Kyogo. The same. What what a find he's been. Never knew anything. Like I think everybody never knew anything about either of the players. But what a find they've been for Celtic. And Postacoglu, we didn't know him this time last year, Rachel. We were all going on every night about Eddie Howe watching for him. And he has done well at Newcastle. But my goodness, the Greek-Australian manager has made such a a difference to that football club, Celtic the Champions. Oh, incredible. I I think it it was a tough start, as you would expect. Um, And there was a lot of criticism. And I think from the get-go, I think the thing that, that was so noticeable from the start was he was very assured in that he believed if he was given the time that he, he backed himself um, and I think that's a, a massive part of being a manager because the criticism comes thick and fast And um, but he, he backed himself to know that his philosophy would be effective if he had time and, and it has been and it has been quickly I think most Celtic fans said that okay this year won't be our year and, and they'd written it off but I think incredible the form sort of and the momentum they built up in the league and, and you know, they, they were worthy winners. Why is it so, so difficult to defend a title? Barry said it a year ago after Rangers won by 25 points and he said, look, it'll be really, it's difficult 
to um, defend the title. But he, he said that with the expectation that Rangers would go ahead and do that. Did you find that? You won titles at Glasgow City. You've won uh, titles elsewhere. How, why is it so difficult to, to retain it? It's definitely... I mean, on, on one hand, you know, every team is coming for you. You've put yourself in that position where every team and every time every team plays you, they up their game because you are the champions. So you're the team to beat. Um, and that makes it really tough winning week in, week out. And then I think also, when I played at Glasgow City and we won, you know, when I was there, I think it was seven years in a row. Um, wow. There was there was fight. Every season, I think, it was largely their Hibs or Celtic at that time, but there was always a new challenger and it, and it was hard. But I think, you know, that's where you have to credit the players that were there and, and the coaching staff that were there. And I think Laura Montgomery and Caroline Stewart, the owners, they constantly knew that teams were chasing us. And so every time you set a level, you had to always make sure you improved on that because that, was, that wasn't that was going to last for much longer because every team knew that was a level and that was what they were they were going for. So um, it is tough. And I think, obviously, Celtic and Rangers naturally have that rivalry that whenever one achieves something, there's just that little bit of fire in the belly of the other to be like, we need to now go and, you know, take them off their little perch. Mm. So... Every game's like a cup final, I suppose, because you're the champions. Everyone yep. wants to beat you. Absolutely. What would you say to young women, young girls listening into the programme, or parents listening? People listen in huge numbers and they listen to the download of this show as well. What's your advice to them? Because you're having a great career, you're living the dream, women's football's getting bigger and bigger. What would you say to young girls thinking about football who've maybe not gone and joined a team or you know gone to a training session? What would you say? Advice on the spot, but yeah. I think um, the first thing for me is I, always, especially when I was growing up, I loved it. And the, the biggest reason why I always wanted to play and I always wanted to push myself was because I, I absolutely, I, I just really enjoyed it. It was a massive escape. And as you get older, you know, things like school and exams become more probably a little bit harder and a little bit more important. Football was always the outlet. And so for, for me, I always enjoyed it. And so I always encourage young players to to find an environment that they enjoy. And and now there's so many opportunities to play that, you know, if you're in an environment that you feel maybe isn't right or you're not having the the best time, that, then try and reach out and, and find an, a different environment that might actually suit you better. Um, and then the other thing I would say for, for those in the game that are really passionate is try and make as many good decisions as you can. And I think as you get older, there becomes more and more things that, interfere with that or challenging you know whether it's going out with your friends or birthdays or staying out late or or things that clash I, I think it's okay to do these things um but try as much as you can to make good, as many good decisions no matter how small but um as many as you can to give yourself the best opportunity because for me the football's been amazing but see to be able to travel the world and go and play in leagues all over the place and, and get the experience play for your national team it's, it's been absolutely incredible I've absolutely loved it um, and I'm very grateful for that but I also know that there's been a lot of decisions along the way that have been hard and um, you know a, a lot of sacrifice it's absolutely been worth it but there's, there is difficult decisions and there, there's a lot of hard work in there too And putting on the, the Scotland jersey especially as captain the man across from you has done it many times not, not as many times as you what was that like for your family and for you? Yes it's really really special it's it's a privilege. It's, I mean, even just being selected for the national team, it's, it's a cliched thing, but to be selected every time is a massive 
privilege. Um, a huge honour. There's no better feeling. And I think even, you know, there's a number of players in the squad that have, have been involved now for the last few years and, and see the opportunity to play at Hamden. Um, it's different and it just feels so incredible. And I know that I speak for everyone when I say that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's now about just hopefully we can get the results and we can enjoy some some more really great moments and qualify for some major tournaments. Barry was smiling. I don't know if you caught it out the side of your eye because it's about the sacrifice that players yeah, have to make. Perfect way to explain it. You've, you've got a sacrifice. She mentioned, Rachel just mentioned there when 17, 18, when you can get to pubs and you can go to parties. That's the, the hard bit where you've got to either, either want to go with your pals or you need to stay in. You look too young anyway at 17, did you not? The wee baby face. <laughs> I still sneaked 12. in. <laughs> did you? Which ones? <laughs> no, don't get in trouble. No, no, but that, that was... Yeah. I'm saying hard, but if, if you want to make a go at it and you yeah. want to try and achieve your goals, and my goal was to play with my boyhood club and that was Rangers because my brother had done it and go and play with your your national team and then go to captain them. You have got to make sacrifices. There is a time and a place that you can get out and enjoy yourself, but there is times where you've got to just bite the bullet and stay in if you want to try and reach the top. So the advice that Rachel's just given, as you asked, giving young girls, it's, it's bang on the button. Invaluable, isn't it? No, it's, do you yeah. know what? It's, it's pretty simple, but it's, mm. listen to that. Because if you do that, you you give yourself a much better chance of reaching your goal with being a professional footballer. Rachel, give us a couple of names of places for the young girls listening that you've been to that they could go to. Just different. I know you you played in America, so you mentioned you know Houston, Kansas. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle's one oh, of the best places I've been. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, actually, I got to go up to the World Cup because it was in Canada. One of the years I was there and saw the World Cup final, incredible. Um, and then was at the following World Cup in, in France, which was also amazing. And then um, managed to squeeze in a summer off season in, in Australia and their top division. You know, it's, there's just... That in Canberra? That was in Canberra. And, yeah. you know, you, tra you travel to all the big cities. So mm -hmm. you're playing, you know, the big teams, Melbourne, Sydney. Yeah, just fantastic. Amazing, isn't it, Barry? Yeah, that's yep. the great thing is uh, when yep. you're a professional that you can go and you can visit some brilliant places. Yeah. Um and experience, the experience you, you get, I mean, I've done it with playing obviously in the Champions League, going to big cities and, and brilliant stadiums and, and that's what it's all about. But I'll go back to that word, sacrifice. You've got to do that if you want to try and reach the top. Are you going to pick the Scotland team for next week? Quick break and then we'll hear Rachel Corsi starting 11 and Barry Ferguson's too. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go. Rachel Corsi, Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show We're into the last 10 minutes or so of the programme Tomorrow night we'll be here with Chris Burke of Kilmarnock Coming up to the Premiership of course And Peter Grant, Celtic legend who... Yeah. Barry? What's Burke decided to do? Well, we'll maybe find out tomorrow night. He's been offered, I read, uh, about coaching, coaching yeah, yeah, at Kilmarnock. So tune in tomorrow night at five. I'll tune find in. Find out then. Yeah, they're in here tomorrow night. Rachel is with us. She's scribbling furiously. I think we're going to look to see how will Scotland line up next week. We know we don't have Kieran Tierney. Here's the manager. Probably for everybody who's just getting the news today, it's a big blow for for myself and my staff, we've known for a little while that, that Kieran wouldn't be wouldn't be ready for these games. So disappointing for Kieran and obviously disappointing for us. 
and Nathan Patterson probably not ready for next week. I think at some stage over the four or hopefully five matches, uh, Nathan will be fit to play. His return to play is, is imminent. Uh, and they'll just come down to match fitness. Uh, I would put him down as doubtful for the Ukraine game. But what a vintage time it's been for Scottish football. We're in the middle of a run of eight games unbeaten. I think we've done, we've done pretty well since last summer. Uh, we're in a good place. I've, I've gone pretty much same again. I've added one or two in. Nothing new, no, no shocks. Everybody that comes in knows what to expect for the work. I know what to expect from them and they know, know what to expect from me. So hopefully we just pick up where we are in March and we, we just keep that unbeaten run going for two more games at least. So how are we going to line up um, against Ukraine? Barry, the goalkeeper, no doubt about yeah, it. Craig Gordon. Year. Craig yep. Gordon, yep. Uh, the three at the back, I, I've just changed it because I uh -huh. looked at the player I would have picked, but he's playing in, in Sunday and the playoff final. Um, I'm going to go McTominay, Hanley, and I was going to go McKenna. Mm -hmm. Then I've yeah. put Cooper in. Right. Rather than McKenna because yeah. of the, the playoff. Because you don't know right. what's okay. going to happen with, yeah. with injury or whatever. Two wing backs on the right side, Adorno, obviously, Andy Robertson, no captain. Yep. I don't think he'll change the midfield three, which has been really strong. McGregor. Gilmer and, and McGinn and two up top Dykes and Adams because you've got to go and it, win it Is Gilmer going to be fit to you yeah, think? Yeah he's fit he is. He is. And up yeah. front Adams and Dykes Dykes of course Okay Rachel Corsi you time to look Yeah but What do you think? Goalkeeper? Uh, Gordon as well yeah. I think yeah undoubtedly he's he's been on top form and yeah I think that's A Gordon for me right. Yeah okay. That's an old song <laughs> Are you going to back three? I'm sticking with the back because I think that's what Steve Clark will do but ah. I've gone slightly different. I've gone Henry, Suter, Cooper. Right, okay. Henry, Suter and Cooper. Yeah. Okay, yep. Suter had a great cup final, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the bard over there, Ferguson, <laughs> Rachel. Um, yeah. I've gone for Ralston at right ah. wing back and yeah. obviously Andy at left wing back. They are um, 26, okay, yep. And the midfield, you know, in a norm, normally, yes, I, I would say, I think Jack has a chance, so mm. potentially Ryan Jack instead of Gilmore, just because he's had the injury and hasn't mm. played so much, and I think yep. possibly that gives you someone that's just been, been playing more minutes and, mm. and playing on a competitive level. You know, the games that Rangers have had, yeah. It's been high stakes, so I think that possibly gives him a shout. Um, but obviously, McGregor and McGinn, McGinn. as well. Yeah. Um, and then... Up front. What's Rachel? Just to have a, just to yeah. throw something different yeah, go in, I'm going to... Yeah. I've watched quite a bit of Bournemouth recently, and uh -huh. I think Ryan Christie's been on very good form for them. And so I've put him just off London Dykes. And that's be not because he's a former Aberdeen star. No. Might might have been. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I, you know, I think. Yeah. I, I think probably will go with Adams, but I wouldn't be surprised if Christie comes on or or, or vice versa because I just think it's slightly different. It offers something slightly different, maybe. Barry. Yeah, what, the, the only what, two I was unsure was the left side centre half because obviously it's always going to be Tierney, obviously unavailable, sure. yeah. and I was swaying between Gilmer and, and Ryan Jack. You know what I think about Ryan Jack. I think he's um, you love him as well. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's turned into That's a, a good proper. Point. He's turned Sorry. into a proper footballer. Billy's struggled a wee bit at, yeah. at Norwich in terms of his form's not been amazing. But I, I just think that three when he's he's went with that three quite a lot. Mm -hmm. 
So you know what Steve Clark's like, he doesn't really change much, doesn't he? No. Nope. Yeah. And that's where I'm thinking I've went with Adams and Dykes. He went with Christie as well. Christie mm. played well the last time. Um, and as I said, his form, I think he's shut a few people up, hasn't he? He has. Ryan Christie, because sure. a lot of people are yeah. moaning him going down to Bournemouth. He's a Premier League player now. You can understand in some ways what crowds are, what, yeah. 12, 15,000? Yeah, as opposed but to... financially, it was yeah. an unbelievable deal for him. Yeah. And well, I think he's been proved right now. He's he's going to be playing in the Premier League. He could have been playing in the Champions League in a couple of yeah, months. Yeah, that's true as yeah. well. You're one a wee argument here, aren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> You're nearly on holiday. I'm not going to see you for a wee while <laughs> after... Uh, uh, tonight, um, it's fast. And Stephen O'Donnell, I mean, he he's in your team. Uh, he has never let Scotland down. No, he's not. And I know Rachel's went with, yeah. with Ralston and, and he's probably out of that full squad mm. the most improved player, isn't he? Last year, if he says to me, Ralston would have played how many games for Celtic this year? I'm unsure. Twenty oh. odd. Uh, well into it. Yeah, yeah, well into that. Yeah. I would have said, "No, you're you're, you're sure. crazy," because it looked to me if he would have to leave mm. and and go and play elsewhere. But he's a different player under Postecoglou. He's an example of somebody you think is, you know, he's out and loan under Brendan Rodgers and Neil Lennon. You thought it's not going to happen for him, but my goodness, what a season. Right from the beginning, he scored right at the beginning at Hearts, even though Celtic lost. It just shows you, you, you keep trying. Some I wonder what happened that just changed it for him. Postacoglu found something special. Yeah, I think part of it as well is I think different managers get different things out of you and obviously, you know, that it's it's been something that's really fell into place for him and... Um, you know, I, th- I remember hearing him speak towards the end of last season, I think, or maybe early this season. And he, he, he spoke openly about the fact that he felt like he was in a, it, you know, in a little bit of a rut. He knew himself. That's kind of where he he felt he was at. And you know, he's totally turned the corner. And he's had a, a great season. He's been very consistent. And I think, um, I I feel for him, he he possibly feels like he's got a chance, especially with, you know, there's a couple of players who'll be. He'll be playing in the weekend. Um, there's a couple of players missing. That yeah, he's he's someone that obviously physically first and foremost can can certainly do the job, and which of course Stephen O'Donnell can as well, as we've seen many many times. Great athlete. Here's um, the manager Steve Clark speaking about the opponents, the Ukraine. Not sure it'll be the first time I've been the bad guys, but it's it's not so much about being the bad guys. Listen, we've we all understand and respect the the position of the Ukrainian team. Fortunately for them, it's. it's They've managed to get out of the country, they've managed to get the players into a training camp, they've been playing matches. They'll be ready for the game. The most important thing for me as the, the Scotland head coach is that I have to make sure that we're ready for the game. And we'll be ready, so both teams both teams ready to go on the 1st of June. Crucial. Barry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just laughing at you when I was saying Premier League, you're saying Champions League. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm still thinking about that. smiling on that one. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a debate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good debate. The, uh, but can I bring you back to the Ukraine for yeah, next Wednesday? You can. You're going to be uh, resting by that time and well earned. It's been a long uh, season. Ukraine, they are going to be difficult. They've I had, don't think they're going to yeah, be pushovers. No, they've beaten um, Borussia. And bear in mind, they've been in a camp now for yeah. about three weeks, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think, and they've had a few friendly games. Um, and you look at the, the quality that they possess, mm-hmm. the leagues that some of their players play in. Um, so it's not going to be an easy game for Scotland. But I just think Scotland. This group of players are in a real good place under Steve Clark. When I, I watch them and enjoy watching them, I watch them getting interviewed. I don't know what you think, Rachel, as well. It looks like they're, they're buzzing to be there. Um, they're happy to be there. And also, you hardly ever see a call-off now, mm-hmm. unless it's a yeah. serious injury. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be an easy game, but I do believe with the, the crowd behind us at, at Hamden, we go through it to play Wales. 
get the predictions from both of you in a moment or two from the women's captain of Scotland. Here's the manager speaking about the men's captain. Listen, when you, you play the amount of games that Liverpool have this season, or the top the top clubs play when you when you go to the final stages of all the competitions, which is what Liverpool have done, they're going to play a lot of games. Uh, the players are fit, they understand what's needed physically and mentally to, to prepare for the game, so no doubts about Andy. What an inspiration he is for the, the men and for people in Scotland, Andy Robertson. Oh yeah, incredible career and just, you know, it's never ending, is it? At Liverpool, the, the trophy haul they've had over the last two, three seasons is phenomenal and he, he's a key part of that. Um, he's absolutely, you know, stepped up his game and, and fitted into that team and earned himself that shirt and yeah, fantastic. So many people look up to him, um, not just sports people, I think. I think anyone can take so much from that, so fantastic. He's a great example to young guys who get disappointed by getting let go by their clubs he get let go by Celtic when he was 16 deemed no good enough goes to Queen's Park and then gets his move to Jackie and, and Simon Donnelly yeah. took him up to Dun United and then obviously down to Championship at Hull and, and look at the trophies he wins and look at the players he's playing playing with and, and every time you watch Liverpool he's exceptional he, he came in for a bit of criticism at Scotland with some of his performances yeah, um, really. but I just think it's because people are watching Liverpool and he's playing at such a high high standard but one thing he, he, he can't label against him he always gave 100% and I now think he's he's grew into the job as being captain and being the leader of the team Rachel we could be you've been at the World Cup with the women's and leading them there do you think the men do you think we're going to do it against Ukraine and Wales so we're going to be in Qatar I do believe uh -huh. I, I absolutely do believe I, I think we can certainly win you know, you need to take a game at a time. I think we can beat Ukraine. It, it will be tough. I think we can beat them. Being at home, huge crowd, that's huge for us. Um, and obviously, a tie against Wales, you know, home nation, that's just, relish that. I think, again, we'll love going down there and I think we'll, I think probably that game being away, I think actually suits us better. Mm -hmm. Barry, you're confident? Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Yeah. I'm not overconfident. No. I'm, you still get you got to take one game at a time. It's all cliche, but That's I think we've got enough for Ukraine and you go to Wales and, and Wales are a decent team. They've got, sure. they've got a couple of superstars. They've got one guy who you need to make sure you're glued to and don't give him a, a second on the pitch, Gareth Bell. But I do believe that we'll be in Qatar. And Rachel, good luck against Ukraine. You feel we can do it in the women's game on 24th of June? I hope so. Will you come back and join us again? I'd love to, yeah. if I'm welcome. You are very <laughs> welcome. Maybe see you at the Aberdeen Kilt Walk this weekend. I know you're going to be back in your home city. We'll just come back Jen, I think, this well, weekend. You're very you. welcome. <laughs> um, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Rachel Corsi, great to meet you tonight. Thanks for joining us. Barry, we'll see you back on Friday night. Jokal Day is up next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed 
by First Class Service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.